This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. Today on State of the World, how a pineapple illustrates relations between China and Taiwan. Thanks for listening to State of the World from NPR. We bring you the day's most vital international stories up close where they're happening. I'm Greg Dixon. Taiwan is a self-ruled democratic island that China claims as its own territory. And we've been hearing a lot about tensions between the two places, even talk of military confrontation. But while they are in conflict, China and Taiwan are also close geographically, culturally, and economically. We're going to hear about that now and how a pineapple enters this relationship from NPR's Emily Feng in Taiwan. Hi, Emily. Hey, Greg. So, Emily, I think here in the U.S., it's easy to think about how China and Taiwan are adversaries, but we think less about how they cooperate and maybe even rely on each other. Since you live in Taiwan, just tell me a little bit more about the relationship and how it feels to people there. Certainly, the relationship with China is an important topic here. It's treated with both fear, but China is also part of everyday life here. Uh, Taiwanese pop culture gets sold in China. Chinese social media apps are used here in Taiwan. People travel between the two places. They often have family in both places. And of course, there's still a trade relationship between the two places. China buys a huge amount of Taiwanese technology and Taiwan imports a lot of Chinese goods. So the ties between them are close, but but China and Taiwan are still adversaries. And that, that plays out in all these ways in geopolitics, but also in culture and in the economic relationship. And I think this is where the pineapple comes in, right? Totally. You're, you're getting at this strange relationship where Taiwan and China uh, trade a lot with each other. They watch each other's movies and listen to each other's music. But that relationship is often weaponized. So China will cut off economic trade when it wants to punish certain Taiwanese voters who chose candidates or policies Beijing doesn't like. And they'll also cut off certain goods like pineapples, for example. And that's how I got started on this story. All right. You did some reporting on this pineapple uh, saga, and let's hear that now. This past spring, Taiwanese policymakers issued an urgent call to action. They had discovered China had gotten its hands on a Taiwan bread fruit called the mango pineapple. Now the fruit was being grown and sold in China. Taiwan's deputy agricultural minister Chen Junji called it blatant robbery. And he told NPR this kind of what he calls agricultural IP transfer has been happening for decades. Taiwan's rice, orchids, tea, beans, and mushrooms have all somehow been transplanted in China. In 2017, I had the opportunity to go to China and visit their plant research institute. And they had all of Taiwan's plant variants. They've flaunted them to us. And they weren't ashamed about having Taiwan intellectual property at all. But the transplantation of the mango pineapple hit especially hard because pineapples are political. 97% of Taiwanese pineapple exports used to go to China until 2021, when China announced a ban on the most common type of Taiwan pineapple. Pineapples have become the latest victim of the worsening relationship between Taiwan and China. 
China said the fruit was full of pests. Taiwan denied it and said the ban was economic coercion, pressuring their voters towards more China-friendly policies or lose even more access to the China market. And eating pineapples in Taiwan became an act of patriotism. The foreign minister dubbed the tropical fruit the freedom pineapple. And in the past two years, it's become a symbol of Taiwan identity. And few people know more about pineapples than this man, Wan Qingshan. He is the scientist who created the mango pineapple. He also named the new fruit, saying its mouthfeel and fragrance reminded him of a mango. Hence the name. Mr. Guan's life work is developing new pineapples. I met him in his office in southern Taiwan, surrounded by sprouts, and yes, plates and plates of freshly cut pineapple. He says he spent about a quarter of a century developing the mango pineapple. He says he went through rounds and rounds of selection and planting to get there. But now his career's work is being sold and marketed by someone else. And it is likely farmers from Taiwan who brought the fruit over to China. That's according to Wang Heng, the chairman of a county-level pineapple association in China's Hainan province, a tropical island very similar in climate to that of Taiwan. Our Taiwanese compatriots really contributed a lot because some 80 percent of the fruits we grow here in Hainan Island are from Taiwan. Taiwan plant varieties have really carried our entire fruit industry here. And Wong confirmed Hainan farms have been growing Taiwan's beloved mango pineapple since 2017. Taiwanese farmer Ling Shuyang says the biggest reason he's seen other farmers in Taiwan move to China with their know-how is because of the money. In Taiwan, they have to work so hard, but the profit margins are thin. In China, they're higher. Why would you do the same thing for less money? And China wants Taiwanese farmers to come. Last September, China released a new economic plan calling for greater integration between China and Taiwan, and agriculture is a big part of the plan. Chinese pineapple sellers like Wang say they've done nothing wrong. They believe Taiwan belongs to China, and so do Taiwan's plants. People may not want to hear this, but China's Hainan is actually the best suited for growing pineapples, not Taiwan. You can only claim something as your local specialty if it's fixed and unmovable. Meanwhile, Taiwan has no legal means to push back against this economic coercion. China blocks Taiwan from joining the United Nations, which oversees international agricultural IP issues. In 2017, China cut off an agricultural policy exchange it had with Taiwanese officials. And so, in a few weeks, starting in March, Taiwan will start limiting the kinds of seeds and saplings people can take off the island in response to the mango pineapple mess. Back in his office, Mr. Quan, the pineapple scientist, says he feels helpless knowing the fruits of his work are in China. Do I care that China is planting my pineapples? It's hard to answer this question because my opinion can't change anything. And so he immerses himself in his fields every day. Pointing out leaf sizes and colors to me. But cross-strait tension, even here, is unavoidable. Because in Taiwan, fruit is a matter of geopolitics. That was reporting from NPR's Emily Feng. And Emily, very interesting there how pineapple is not just a, a fruit and a commodity, but also conveys a sense of identity. 
Absolutely. It's wrapped up in politics. It's become a matter of contention in the last presidential elections here in Taiwan, which just ended. And yeah, it gets to this idea of like, what is Taiwanese? What is Chinese? Who gets to claim ownership over this fruit? Right. And it seems to me that, that Taiwan's kind of in a bind here. They need China economically, but if there's an incident like this, there's almost nothing they can do. As you said, Taiwan just elected a new president. Do you think that government is going to do anything to change this dynamic? This next president who's going to be inaugurated in May is likely going to keep the relationship with China the way it is. But Taiwan is accelerating down this path of economic decoupling from China. So the trade volume of stuff that Taiwan sells to China has been decreasing year after year. Instead, Taiwan's selling way more to Japan, the U.S., and Southeast Asia. And after this pineapple saga, Taiwanese officials here have been telling me their new markets are selling fruit and vegetables to, to Southeast Asia. That's NPR's Emily Feng in Taipei, Taiwan. Thank you, Emily. Thanks, Greg. And that's the State of the World from NPR. Thanks for listening. See you again soon. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Homes.com. You don't just live in your home, you live in your neighborhood as well. So when you're shopping for a home, you want to know as much about the area around it as possible. Luckily, Homes.com has got you covered. Each listing features a comprehensive neighborhood guide from local experts. Everything you'd ever want to know about a neighborhood, including the number of homes for sale, local amenities, and even things like median lot size and a noise score. Homes.com. We've done your homework. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com NPR.